All right, so, um, you know, when you, you stand up here and you're, you're preaching or teaching, you're, you're reading from the Word of God, and sometimes you, you wish it was a little bit simpler. You know, the, the translation from the Greek and the Hebrew and the English is not always a smooth one, and the, the words are complicated sometimes. And now we have many different versions of the Bible that, that simplify things and, and changes things around. But the thing we have to remember is that God put each and every word in here for a reason. And when we go changing things, if we add something the way the Amplified does, or we, we simplify things the way the New International Version does, or we uh, take something away the way some other versions do, we are losing some of that original content that God had for us. And every single word is important. And we're going to just look at one word today and see what God has for us in that one word. Let's have a word of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for this opportunity to gather to get into your word today, Father. I ask you to open every heart and mind that's hearing my voice today, Father, to receive it. Just take myself out of the way, Father, and let your true message shine through. We ask this in the name of your Son, Jesus. Amen. You know, we often look at the you know, the big picture of things. You know, we're wanting to get to the, the end, no matter what it is. You know, um, you know, like right now, is this the end of time? Is this the year? When's Jesus coming back? We look at all these big picture things. And there's a lot of little details along the way. And oftentimes we miss these little details, and the, the little details is what we need. You know, I've, uh, for the last few months, we've been getting back to basics, and we've been studying things like prayer and giving, the things, the fundamentals that God has telling us that we need to do, not to please Him, not for some ritualistic reason, but to help us in our journey. God has all these things in place for us. We give so we can have our money taken care of, that he can bless it. We give so we can help others. We pray so we can have our requests be known and be answered. We do all these things because God has it where he can interact with us, allowing him to come down from the kingdom of heaven into this earth realm that we're in now and be able to access everything that he has already given us, access everything that Jesus died for and given us. And... Now I feel like I'm a little bit behind the behind schedule because right now we are needing prayer more than ever. We are needing our needs to be met more than ever because we're right there in the middle of this pandemic that's going on. We're seeing food shortages. We are the threat of getting this disease that is uh, causing sickness and people to die. So right now we need prayer. We need provision. We need protection. We need God more than ever. Now, details. Now let's say that we're going to work on electricity. Step number one is going to be turn off the power. Because if you don't do that, there might be some grave results when we start digging into the situation. Same thing if we're going to work on our plumbing. 
First thing we should do is, is turn off the water before we start taking pipes loose. Otherwise, we're going to have a big mess. And if uh, you're going to have some surgery done, I sure want to make sure they get me good and asleep first before they start cutting in. And they seem like simple things. It's just one little step. But can you imagine just missing one little step? Have you ever tried to put something together? You know, you, you go into the store and they sit up on the shelf. They have this nice piece of furniture and it's all put together and it's nice and big and bold. But when you go to buy one, you pull it from the bottom shelf and it's a little bitty box is this big because it's in so many pieces. And when you open up the box, the first thing you see on top is a little booklet. And it's written in five different languages and it tells you step by step how to put this thing together. Well, have you ever missed one of them steps? Maybe you skipped over one of the little picture boxes. Maybe you thought you could do it a little faster. Or maybe the page stuck together and you missed that step. And you wind up having to go all the way back, taking apart all the steps that you skipped to one, to go back to do the one step that you did and then be able to move forward again. It's all in the details. If you would, turn with me to Psalms, chapter 37, and verse 4. And I'll give you a second. I'm on page 882, if that helps. Psalms 37, verse 4. Delight thyself also in the Lord, and he shall give thee the desires of thy heart. And desires is that word that we're going to focus on today. So let's go ahead and to, to go ahead and reemphasize a little bit. Let's turn over to Mark chapter 11 and verse 24. It's on page 1518. Mark chapter 11, 24. Therefore I say unto you, what things soever thy desire, there it is again, when we pray, believe that they receive them and they shall have them. Therefore I say unto you, whatever things they show desire, when I pray, believe, and they shall receive them and they shall have them. Desire. The word desire shows up quite a few times in both the New and Old Testament, um, over a hundred times. And the dictionary definition of desire is a strong feeling of want or to wish for something. And we think of desire. It's a, an impactful world, a word. It's a, it's a strong, confident word. We oftentimes think about the desire we might feel for a person. Uh, this is a, it's a, it's a lot of passion behind it. There's, it's intense. So, why would God use this word when talking about the things that we want? 
God wants us to be direct with what we want. He wants us to be confident. Confident in what we ask for. Confident that we're going to receive. Confident in everything we do. And oftentimes we are, are not. We've been talking about fear. And fear brings forth certain things. It brings forth doubt. It brings forth worry. It brings forth dread. All these negative things. You know, we are a, a, a three-part being. We are constantly under the influence of both Satan, the world, with things we take in. Everything that we encounter is influencing us both good or bad. And desire is another one of these things. And this week we're going to talk about the, the positive aspects of desire. For one thing, it gives us purpose. It gives us imagination. And desire can build faith. Many of us go through life and feel like we have no purpose. Or our purpose revolves around what we do. You know, for a, a large part of our lives, we are what we do. Our job defines us. You know, that's, it's a common human saying. They say, okay, my name is such and such and I am blank. A doctor, an architect, a law enforcement officer, a teacher, a corn dog server. We are what we do. But only in the eyes of man. See, God created us to have purpose. And then, you know, as we, we grow older, we feel like our purpose is less because now we're not doing the things that we used to do. Maybe we're not able to do the things that we used to do now because we're, we're weaker. We're not as healthy. You know, even then, you know, we get stricken down by certain things. You know, one change of events, one disease, one accident can change the course of what you're doing. But it doesn't change who you are, and it doesn't mean you no longer have purpose. God will give us desire to help us to see what our purpose is. You know, God has us all here for different reasons. We all have a role to play. And not all of us can be teaching the word, but we all have things that we need to be doing. We need doctors. We need nurses. We need teachers. We need all these people. We also need people to set an example. We need people to be encouraging. We need people to talk to others. We need people to share our testimony. We need all of these different things. And God will give us a desire. He'll put a, a dream in your heart. But many times when we're, we're Christians, we get a little complacent. You know, uh, 
A non-Christian, they don't have to worry about this because they know they have to go out and do it for themselves because they think, believe that there's nobody out there to help them. Well, we as Christians oftentimes go to the opposite end of that spectrum and think, well, God's going to do everything for us. Now, we've been talking up here for weeks about how we have to do things on our own. How this is a relationship with God and relationship has a back and a forth. That we have things to do. That we have to take action. We have to take, have faith. And our actions a lot of times are proof of our faith. But we have these desires and what we do, we say, oh well, well God's going to do it. God's going to do it. What are you doing to allow him into your world? What are you doing to allow yourself to be set up for God to multiply what you're already working with? A few weeks ago we talked about using what you already have. What are you using that you already have that God's going to take and grow and use and multiply? Purpose. Desire gives us imagination. Let me give you an example. Now, uh, I stay real busy a lot of times. So sometimes breakfast gets skipped. Sometimes you end up working right through lunch. So about 3 o'clock in the afternoon, you're hungry. You're hungry. So you have a, a, a want for some food. You have a need. And I tell you, after not eating all day at 3 o'clock in the afternoon, I am not real picky. I can take a hamburger. I could have a hot dog. I could have a bowl of soup. It really doesn't matter as long as it's food because I'm hungry. Now, there is a, a want there, maybe even a need because I function a whole lot better when I'm not hungry. But there's not a desire. Notice the difference. There's not a desire. There's not a... Because it doesn't matter what I'm going to get as long as I get it. Now, desire is... That's honed in. That's specific. You know, we might uh, be thinking about, you know, at the, at the end of the week, we're going to go to a certain restaurant. We're going to stay on the food analogy here for a minute. So we're going to go to a certain restaurant. So as the course of the week, you're going to think about, you know, and we're talking about imagination since we can't go out now and eat. It really is an imagination. We just got to think about it. So here we go. We're going to think about it. Think about your favorite restaurant. And you're going to go out there on Friday night. You're going to take your, your, your loved one out. You're going to have a date night. You're going to have a special meal. So you might think about what you're going to have. You know, you're going to have that eight-ounce steak, that baked potato, that uh, side salad. You're going to have a nice, tall, cold glass of sweet tea. And you're going to be thinking about these things. You're going to be thinking about the time that you had it before and how good it was and what it tastes like and what that sensation is going to be. Another example is, let's say that you need a vehicle. You need something to get you from point A to point B. So you don't care what it is, what the make model is, you've got a certain budget, as long as it falls beneath that budget, as long as it's dependable, that's fine. That is a want and a need. But a desire is that you want a 1968 
Ford Mustang Fastback GT with a 390, four-speed on the floor, four-barrel carb, red exterior, black interior with the pony package. That is desire. That is Pacific. And the difference is you're going to start imagining what it's like to have that particular item, to have it, what it's going to do, what you're going to do when you have it. You can picture yourself driving it. You can picture yourself seeing it, doing it, the things you're going to do to it, how it's going to change your life. That is desire. Oftentimes we start as a child and we think about the different things we want to do. So let's say that you want to grow up and become a doctor. You, so you think about, is where the imagination is. The desire kicks in. You have that idea. starts out with an idea. Then it grows into desire, which activates imagination. So we're thinking about now, we're going to become a doctor. And here's all the reasons why. Because it's a great paying job. Lots of money. I get to help people. I get to study science, the human body, things that a person may be really into. I want to become a doctor. So we have that imagination. So then from there, you have to set forth a plan. Well, I'm going to have to do really good in school. I'm going to have to get into a really good college. I'm going to have to go to medical school. I'm going to have to complete a residency program. I'm going to have to develop all these skills, gain all this knowledge. And through it, we're going to have to apply for scholarships, apply for student loans. We're going to have to study. These are all steps of a plan. All these things that stemmed from imagination. So where is God in all this? Now you see, you know, we talked about Satan. We talked about that he wants to stop us. He wants to steal, kill, and destroy. He does not want us to have the desires of our heart. Because we see the promise. The promise is God will give us the desires of our heart. He wants to take that away from us. He wants us not to receive it because then we think, well, God doesn't deliver on his promises because we didn't get it. He wants to throw up roadblocks and obstacles everywhere along the way. That's what's happening right now. Things were going really good in the world. The economy was doing good. Business was thriving. And all of a sudden now we got this roadblock thrown up in front of us. And it's shutting down everything. It's stopping our churches from gathering. People's out of work. The economy's tanking. People are living in fear. Our minds are off everything that we were doing before and now focusing on this one thing. That's how Satan operates. You know, if we go back to our doctor example, it's not going to be easy. There is not... A lot of us that are just geniuses, you know, uh, that we can go through and know all this stuff. 
It takes a lot of hard work and dedication, a lot of tiredness, a lot of study, a lot of persevering. And the thing is, we cannot do this stuff on our own. And that's where faith comes in. We have to rely on God to see us through. To be able to overcome these obstacles, these hurdles that's in front of us. Everything that is worthwhile doing is going to be difficult. There's an old saying that says, if it's easy, then everyone would do it. And it's so true. Whether you're building a career, if you're becoming a doctor or a lawyer or whatever it is, there's certain steps out of the way. If you're building a business and trying to work on that, if you're working on a marriage, if you're raising a family, all these things that God institutes, all these things that we want to have, God wants us to have, it's going to be difficult. Even that classic car dream if you had there, they're troublesome. You have to keep working with them. Everything that's worthwhile is going to be difficult. But that's where God comes in. That's where faith comes in. Because God is not going to put a dream in your heart for you to work for if He's not going to help and see you through. I was uh, in this book, and the man, he from a young age, he had this desire to be a doctor. That this is the way that God was going to use him to touch others. And not only does he look at the science side of things, but he also looks at the spiritual side of things, and he tells people and shows people how the two come together. How not only does the body work, but how God works within the body. Which is a, a rarity. But this was put in this man's dreams at an early age. And he had much difficulty to be able to accomplish this dream. The schooling was difficult. The funding was difficult. But in the end, God provided the way for him every step of the way. Satan gives us so many excuses. We have this desire, this dream. We want to get from where we are to somewhere else. We want to do more, see more. But Satan comes along and whispers to us that we can't do it. That you're too sick. That you're too old. That you're too hurt. That you're from the wrong place. That you don't have the funds. But that is all excuses because everything is possible with God. There's a man that has a syndicated radio show that came from nothing. Poor. Worked his way up. Worked for free to gain experience. Put himself through college. Working multiple jobs. Eating Roman noodles. Told time and time again 
that he wasn't going to make it. And there's tons of stories like this. There's stories amongst all of us. We all have something special inside of us that God put in. And Satan wants to take that away. Satan wants to suppress that. We can do all things through God that strengthens us. One more thing I want to leave you with. Something you can think about this week. And uh, then we'll touch on it some next week. James 4 and 2. Ye lust and have not, ye kill and desire to have, we cannot obtain. Yet we fight and war, yet not have, because ye ask not. What does your prayer life look like? What does your prayer life look like? What are the kind of things that you're asking God for? Many times we get so ritualistic with it, we run through like we're running through a chant, you know, our our meal prayer, maybe even our, our nighttime prayer, our morning prayer. You know, we just kind of just run through the gamut of it. We have the our bullet points that we hit, bam, 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 and then that's it. We get to the point where we ask for the same things over and over again, so we're not operating in faith, and then the things that we should be asking for on a daily basis we tend to not do. We have not because we ask not. We got this here virus running around. Have you asked God for protection from it? Have you asked God to shield yourselves and your family? We're quick to put on a glove and put on a mask and bathe in hand sanitizer, but have we picked up the first and most effective line of offense, which is prayer. We have events in life, and I'm just as guilty as anyone else. You know, you, you worry about things coming, and you think about it, and then sometimes things go bad. They don't go as planned. And then, when you pray... And you ask God about it, everything goes just like it should. How many times could we not have a problem if we just asked God to handle it to begin with? If we just turned it over to His hands and be proactive and not reactive in our prayer life? We'll uh, continue on next week and talk about how desire also has a, a negative effect. You know, we keep seeing these things reoccur, and I'm hoping that you guys are seeing this, seeing these reoccurring things that God keeps putting in front of us, that we can't maintain a neutral status. So everything that we do, if we are not working on the side of heaven, then we are working on the side of Satan. We have to be careful what we take in, because desire will show up. It is a seed. It will be planted positively or negatively. And 
one way or the other, it will show. So we have to use it as a tool for our advantage to propel us forward and not use it as an anchor that's going to drag us back. Bow with me, please. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this opportunity today to get into your word, Father. We ask you to open our hearts and minds, Father, to see the purpose you have for us in our life, Father, to see the desire that you give us. And, Father, to have the strength and the courage, Father, when we have these desires that you give us, plus the desires of our own, Father, that knowing that we can can succeed in receiving these things, that we can reach our goals, we can have the promises that you give us fulfilled, Father. We ask that you give us strength in this. We ask you to give us the ability, Father, to see where we need to talk to you, Father, on a daily basis, the things that we need to be asking you for. And also, Father, if we have the knowledge to see what we need to be praising you for, that you'll open our eyes, Father, to the blessings that you give us each and every day, Father, the mercies you show us each and every day, that we can have more of a relationship, Father, and a closeness, that you'll open our hearts and minds to receive that, Father. We ask that you bless this church today, Father, the people within it, the ones that's not here, Father, the needs of the nation. We ask these things in the name of your son, Jesus. Amen. Page 13 in your hymnal. Would you please stand? <laughs>